Okay, go ahead, pull out your Bibles and open up to Matthew chapter 7, where we're going to be this morning. Has it already been a good morning in church? I think it sure has. Got something to take notes with? Zach does in the front. Anybody else got something to take notes with? Good deal. Matthew chapter 7, something to take notes with. Uh, but as you're turning and getting stuff out, we're going to take a survey, a brief survey, by a show of hands and a sound of shouts. So if you fall in one of these categories, we need a show of hands and a sound of shouts. Are there any women in the room this morning? Are there any men in the room this morning? Uh, yes, amen. I find myself in the male category of that survey um, this morning and every morning, actually. And... Uh, and I've learned something about us, us males, that uh, we have this, we, we kind of have, as a part of our segment of this population, I observe that we get corrected quite often by the, our female counterparts. Yeah, pretty often. If, you've, if you're married or if you've spent any amount of time, like, in relationship, if you're a man and you're married and have spent any amount of time in a relationship with, uh, with a woman, then you've found this phenomenon to be true. And I don't mean nagging, because nagging would imply that, like, they're just wrong. I mean correcting, you know, like, they're right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So usually, yeah, usually us guys, like, what I've observed, this is kind of how it goes. Us guys, at the beginning of a relationship, we usually push back on this. Uh, pretty strong at the beginning, um, maybe at least for the first few weeks or months or decades. Uh, I'm not wrong. And we, we push back about it. But, but ideally, if this, if this relationship, if this, if this ship is going to sail smoothly, then ideally each man needs to come to the understanding or the conclusion that, you know what, I like to be right. Oftentimes I think I am right. But this woman in my life seems to be highlighting to me that apparently I also have the ability to occasionally be wrong. I'm definitely not always wrong. Definitely not, amen? I'm definitely not always wrong, but apparently I have the ability to every once in a while not be 100% correct about menial things, nothing significant, but just small things. And at that point in this hypothetical situation, the, the, the man, once he kind of starts to come to this recognition, he, he starts leaving the door of possibility open in his life uh, that, that he might be wrong about some things and that, that this woman might be right about some things. And um, if, if you look up the definition of slippery slope in the dictionary, you see this narrative written out that I'm explaining to you right now. Because uh, if, if you're a man who has yet to crack open this door in your life, that you might be wrong about something. You're looking at me right now genuinely intrigued. Like, this is fascinating. I, I can't imagine what this guy's going through, but, but I'm genuinely intrigued. How does this story end, right? If you are a man who has already cracked the door open, this, this door of possibility open in your life, you know exactly how this hypothetical story about a hypothetical man ends, right? Because you know you are this man. You are this man, and once you crack open the door of possibility in your life that you might be wrong about something and your, 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 your woman might be right about something, it seems that there's a strong gust of wind that blows that door wide open. Am I right? And it smacks you on the face as it flies open and leaves you seeing stars, and eventually you kind of just wake up one day feeling lucky when you show up on time having taken a shower. <laughs> like, are there any married men in the room who have ever looked at your wife and wondered, wondered out loud, I live before you. How did I, how did I do this? <laughs> yes. 
That's exactly how this hypothetical situation seems, seems to play out. You, you always end up wondering, looking at this woman saying, how, how did I do anything? How did I do anything before you? I used to think I was right about everything, and now I'm not so sure I'm right about anything. And now I am not saying that us men are stupid, because that is not true. <laughs> that is not true. We are amazing. We are phenomenal creatures, and women are lucky to have us. That's what I think. We, we're, we're, we're high class. We're smart. We're hilarious. Like, we're, we're amazing. And, and let's be honest. There's a reason why, why women, when, when they finish their prayers about big problems, finish their prayers with a big amen. Because they know that no matter what their problem is, all they need is a big group of men to fix it. That's all it takes, no matter what it is. Am I right? Yeah. I mean, God bless men. <laughs> that being said, women are like a whole different level. <laughs> it's like not even the same ballpark. Am I right? Yeah. We have been doing a series the last few weeks uh, called A Church Like Home, and we're going to be continuing it this morning. We, and uh, this, this series is about the, the big story of God through history and humanity, called his church. That's not just a, a meeting on Sunday mornings, but it's actually the dream of God that's been on his heart from the beginning. And we right here, right now, in this time and in this place, just find ourselves as this little speck on the timeline of God's great big story of what he's doing through history and how he wants to live with his people, how he wants to be known by you. This is the story of God. And, and I want to preach a message to you this morning as part three of our series, A Church Like Home, titled, I'm Listening. I'm Listening. Because I know that this is, a, this is a silly illustration, this story, this scenario that I've described for us this morning. It's, it's funny. It's also true. But, you know, when we, we start to relate it to any sort of spiritual reality, I know that it's insufficient. It doesn't, it's not exactly the same thing, but... The truth is that whether you're, you're a male or a female, whether you're in a relationship or you're single, I'm going to take a massive leap this morning and suggest that us as human beings might possibly possess every once in a while the occasional ability to be slightly less than 100% correct about some things. I'd like to suggest this morning that, that we may have this ability to like see things incorrectly, or we may lack the ability to see things correctly, you could say it. Maybe, every once in a while. We, we, we may not always understand everything perfectly. We may not always see the whole picture of a scenario, of a situation that we're in, of the world that we live in, of the times that we're in. We may not always see everything. Even I may suggest that we might have this slight tendency to think that we know a little bit more than we actually know about this brief existence that we've been given called life and how to manage it and how to live it best and make it count the most. I just would like to suggest that we might find ourselves with that ability this morning to be less than 100% correct about a few things. And in light of this slight possibility, aren't you thankful that we serve a living God? Aren't you thankful this morning that we don't have to live our lives trying to manage who's right about this and who's wrong about that? We don't have to live our lives doing that. Aren't you thankful this morning that, that our God didn't just create the world and spin it like a top and let the chips fall where they may? Aren't you thankful this morning? Are you thankful this morning that our God is merciful 
and gracious, abounding in steadfast love, that, that he wants to be in relationship with us. Aren't you thankful this morning? Are you thankful this morning that he isn't just a, a nagging, insecure God who's trying to get up in our business and if he would just leave us alone, we could get this figured out because I'll be fine. I got this. I'm glad that that's not who he is. Aren't you thankful this morning that by the grace of God, we can live our lives putting ourselves before Jesus with nothing to offer and simply say, I'm listening. I'm listening. If we're gonna be a church like home, I think that we all need to consider cracking open the door of possibility in our life, that we may not know everything, we may not be able to do everything in the best way all the time, and that there might be a few things that we're wrong about. We might at times be wrong about who God really is, what he's really like. We might not always be totally correct about who we are and what God thinks about us. We may have a thing or two to learn from him, about how we manage our, our time, our emotions, our money, our lives in general. We may have a thing or two to learn from him. And I, I believe that maybe if, if we'll all crack open that door of possibility, if we'll just approach God with a listening heart, then I believe that, that just like that man hypothetically in that hypothetical relationship just like that door caught a gust of wind, I believe that our hearts will be caught up in the rushing wind of the power of God. I believe that he will fling that door wide open and come rushing into our hearts. And it may feel like we're getting flipped upside down sometimes. We may feel like we're blindsided at times. We may not understand everything all the time. Sometimes it'll be great, sometimes it won't be great. But I believe that if we'll just show up to him and say, Lord, I'm listening, that we'll get a few steps down the road and find ourselves looking at Jesus wondering, how, how did I ever do this without you? How did I ever do this without you? Are you in Matthew chapter seven this morning? Should we read a few verses? Are you excited to hear from the word of God? We're gonna read some verses that you've probably heard before and uh, I'm pretty sure I've preached out of them before too, but they're still in the Bible so I think we can still preach out of them even though I've done it before. Can we do that? Matthew chapter seven, uh, we're gonna read a, a couple of verses here, is starting in verse 24. Jesus is telling a parable in these few verses, which is just a, an, an illustration. Jesus would use these illustrations of, of things that we would understand in our natural life to explain spiritual realities to us that maybe we didn't understand so easily. And he tells this story about two people who build houses and they build these, the two people build two houses on different foundations and, and how, and then he tells us how these houses fared when the storms came. Because how many of you know storms come? Verse 24, Matthew chapter seven. Jesus is speaking, he says, everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock, and the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, but it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. And everyone said, Yay! Okay. <laughs> Three of us said, Yay. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man. Everybody said, Boo who built his house on the sand. And when the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat against that house, it beat against that house and it fell, and great was the fall of it. 
Everybody said, oh. Jesus tells this story of these two houses. As we dig into this this morning, I just want to start by saying that I don't think God gets nearly enough credit for being as good as he is. Anybody else think that? I think when I listen to sometimes myself talk about God or what I am acting like I believe about God or what I hear people say about God, he doesn't get nearly enough credit for being as outrageously amazing, abundantly gracious. Should we just go on this for the next 30 minutes? How good God is. He is so good. And he gets this bad rep, kind of like a guy who's talking about a girlfriend he thinks is annoying. We think God's this like annoying girlfriend trying to get all up in our life. Tell me how to do things. You know what I'm saying? Like, God, why do you give us so many rules? Why are you always telling me what to do? Why, why can't I just do what I want to do? How could he say that this is wrong or that's wrong? Like, that's, that's rude. Who does he think he is? Is he insecure, needing me to worship him all the time and obey him? Like, what's with the word command in the Bible? Like, how is a loving God use a word like that, you know? And get nearly enough credit for being as good as he is. But I, I like that when I read this story, I love how abundantly clear these verses make Jesus' ambition for our lives. Jesus has a very clear ambition and will and plan for your life in this story. And that is that you would be like a well-built house on a rock foundation. I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for that. He wants you to withstand the storms and the wind and the waves of life. These verses make it so clear to us that when, when God speaks into our life, when Jesus speaks into our life, whether it's, it's encouragement or, or whether it's correction or whether he's just trying to lead you in a way that maybe you don't understand or you think might be uncomfortable at the time or you might even look at it and be like, wow, you really seem like a jerk for trying to make me do that. Is that my mother the only one that's ever been there? <laughs> like, I'm supposed to say no to what? Right? Oh, yeah, this is just me. When he speaks, when he speaks into your life, he's not trying to make you miserable. He's not, he's not just trying to keep you away from the fun stuff, you know? Like, God is not a stingy God trying to keep you out of the good things in life. He's building you. When God speaks to you, God is building you. This is the will of God for your life, that your life, your house that you're building would make it through the storms of life. This is God's will for you, and this is God's will for his church, his church-like home. That would be like a house built on the rock because the world has some waves, and the storms come, and the rains, and the water rises, and, and you get tested, and we get tested, and things get shaky, and I know that I need a rock to be built on, amen? God's desire for his church is that it be like a home and it, as a house built on a rock. See, when you give your life to Jesus, you become part of his church, part of his church, part of his people, part of his family, part of his home, part of his house that he's building. There's a verse that Jesus is talking to his disciples and he says, I'm gonna build my church. So guess what he's doing? Well done. He's building his church. Jesus is building his church. And he's building his church on the rock. He's building us together. He's building you on the rock. That means we don't have to get caught up in a world that doesn't understand him. 
that doesn't understand his ways, that says he's legalistic, or doesn't understand you and the decisions that you're making. We don't have to get caught up and all worried about it because we're being built on the rock. It means that we don't have to get sidetracked by some bad experiences that maybe you've had in life or, or maybe you even had in church or from a church leader that made you question God, that made you question how could this happen? Why does this happen? How do these things happen? We don't have to get sidetracked by those things because we know Jesus is building his church and his church is being built on the rock. You don't have to get scared because there's some things that you don't understand there's some things that you don't understand that have happened in your past. You don't have to get worked up that there's some things right in front of you that, that you don't know how they're going to work out because Jesus is building his church, and he's building his church on the rock. You don't have to know everything. You don't have to have everything under control. You just have to let Jesus build you. Yes, there are storms in this life. Yes, there are waves in this world, but if you just put your hands in the master, your life in the hands of the master builder. You may not under, understand everything, but you're being built on the rock. You may not like everything, but you're being built on the rock. You may not agree with everything, but you're being built on the rock. You may love some of it, and you're being built on the rock. You may, you may understand some of it, and you're being built on the rock. You just don't have to worry about what God's doing, what God's not doing, why this is happening, why that's not happening. You just worry about the one thing you can worry about. Are you listening? Are you listening? Are you putting your life in the hands of the master builder? Because sometimes we get so worked up, how's this storm coming? Why? Why is this storm happening? Why does my storm look different than their storm? You may be looking at somebody, why do they even have a storm at all? They're good people. I'm a good person. That shouldn't happen. This isn't right. That's not right. These storms come, and we can spend so much of our time trying to figure out why this storm. Why that storm? Why not this? Why not that? When the reality is, even if we got the answers, wouldn't really change anything. And instead, we can, we can be free by the love of Jesus to trust our lives, just putting it in his hands, listening to his words, trusting in his heart, believing in his grace, believing in his power, coming and just saying, God, I don't get it, but I'm listening. I'm listening. I don't understand it, but I'm listening. It's too quiet. We should touch our neighbor and say, I'm listening. I'm listening. I'm listening. Are you listening this morning? Are you listening? I love that in these verses in Matthew chapter 7, Jesus makes it clear that the secret to the solid foundation wasn't hearing Jesus' words, it was doing Jesus' words. Kind of means that I don't just get a strong house by showing up to church. Like, you gotta do it. <laughs> One thing I'm learning as a parent of toddlers is that there's a vast difference between hearing and listening. They can hear me all day and not listen to a thing I say. <laughs> Somebody said amen. And let me know that I'm not alone in this parenting journey trying to figure out these crazy kids running down the street when I'm yelling, stop, and they turn and say, no! Oh, sorry, okay. 
You can hear all day and never listen to a thing. Am I right? You can go to church every week and never listen. You can read your Bible every day, never listen. I want you to write this down. Hearing becomes listening when it impacts what you're doing. Hearing becomes listening when it impacts what you're doing. For us to be a church like home that's built on the rock, we've got to be a listening church. So I'm gonna talk about our foundations this morning, what it takes to be a listening church. What's the foundations of a listening church? Do you want a strong foundation this morning? What's it take to be a listening church? And I've got good news right off the bat. It's not complicated. It is not complicated. You're allowed to smile at that because I like things that are simple, especially when they're this drastic, right? Like a solid life, I'd like that, please. Because I've been thrown by some storms and it's not fun. Okay. Number one, the, the foundation, the first part of our foundation that I want to talk about, if we're going to be a listening church that's built on the rock, this may sound really obvious and elementary, but a listening church believes God speaks. Starts there. A listening church believes that God speaks. Do you know this morning that God is speaking? God himself is speaking right here, right now, in your life, every day. He's speaking. It's who he is. Our God is a speaking God. Genesis 1, the very beginning of the Bible, it starts off, and God said, let there be light. And there was light. God said, our God is a speaking God. And I haven't found the story yet in the Gospels where it says that Jesus was walking and he was on the hillside and he saw the crowd and he turned to them and he stared at them awkwardly until they all figured out what they should do on their own. I keep running across these stories where it says, and Jesus saw the crowd and he taught them and he said to them. His disciples sat down and he said to them. The woman came to him and he said to her. The man came to him and he said to him. I just keep seeing this, speaking Jesus. Our God is a speaking God. I see in my Bible over and over again where God speaks. And I want to read some verses right here real quick that just might blow the roof off this building if we really believed it and might blow the roof off your shame, your inability, your insignificance, and your insecurities if we read them out loud. Should we do it? Hebrews 1, 1 through 3 says this. Oh boy, long ago. At many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed the heir of all things, through whom he also created the world. And he is the radiance of the glory of God, the exact imprint of his nature. And get this, he upholds the universe by the word of his power. My God is a speaking God. He speaks and his voice holds it all together. His voice puts you here this morning. His voice got you up this morning. His voice ordained the time and place that you would be, that you might feel your way towards him and realize that he is not far off and live this existence realizing, God, he's not far. He's upholding everything I see by his word, by the word of his power. My God, he's a speaking God, and a listening church believes our God is a speaking God. He spoke at the beginning. These verses tell me he's been speaking this whole time and he's speaking today through his son and through his spirit. He holds everything together. 
He is a speaking God. We must believe he is a speaking God, and we must believe that he wants to speak to you. If we're going to be a listening church, if you're going to be a listening man, a listening woman, you've got to believe God speaks and that he wants to speak to you. When Jesus got baptized, God shows us how badly he wants to speak to his children. When Jesus got baptized, God had something to say to his son. And so he ripped open heaven. He shined at his great big light. The Holy Spirit came down like a dove and rested on Jesus. And then there was this booming voice that everybody could hear. And he just wanted to say, hey, that's my son. And I'm well pleased with him. God really wants to speak to his children. God really wants to speak to his children. And I know that's Jesus. But oh goodness, there's some other stuff in the Bible too. Romans 8, 15 says this, For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons, by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. Wow. And God really wants to talk to his kids by the blood of Jesus, by the filling of the Holy Spirit. We are children of God. and He loves us. He loves you so much. And he's a good dad and he really wants to talk to you. He doesn't just want to tell you what to do either. He wants to tell you who you are. What does this say? Put verse 16 up. You want to know what God really likes to talk about? God himself just talks to you that you're his child. <laughs> wow. Wow, we don't always hear that part about God, huh? Like God wants to talk to you and mess with your life and take away your fun and tell you how stupid you are. Or what if he just wants to tell you, hey, you're my son. <laughs> I love you. Like, I, I, I don't know. Like, there's just times I just see Rosie. I'm like, Rosie, I, I love you. <laughs> just because she's mine, right? You're, you're his. You're his and he loves you. You're a child of God and he loves you and he's pleased with you. And he really wants you to know. He really wants you to know. Not just what to do. He's not as worried about that. Because once you know who you are, that'll take, kind of take care of a lot of itself. He just wants to talk to you. And let you know who you are. And whose you are. He wants you to let you know who he is. You're a child of God. And he's pleased with you. He ripped open heaven. He took on flesh. He died on a cross he didn't deserve. He came out of a grave and then filled you with himself just so you could know it. So he could speak to you. He is a speaking God and he wants to speak to you. Be a listening church. We've got to believe God's speaking. We've got to believe that he wants to speak to you. And lastly, you've got to believe that you can hear him. You've got to believe that you can hear him. In John chapter 10, Jesus is telling another parable and he compares himself to a shepherd and he compares us to his sheep. And, 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 he, and he says to us that, that he's a good shepherd and that he's calling his sheep and he's calling his sheep by name. And he says the sheep know the shepherd's voice. I, I, I've been here before and I can't tell you how many people I've talked to through the years. You talk about hearing God and it's like, well, I can't hear God. That's not what the Bible says. He says, you hear his voice. 
Sometimes it's like we're in a room at a party, you know? Like, I've learned this about being, like, my wife, is that when, before I knew her, before I knew her that well, or before we were, we were all that close, like, if we were in a party, like, I couldn't necessarily, I just heard a lot of noise. But now, if we're at a party in a room this full, and, and everything, if, if it's after service, everybody's talking, everybody's laughing, if my wife laughs, I'll hear it over everything else, right? Because I, I, she was always talking, she was always speaking, but but my ear hadn't been tuned to hear. I could hear her, I just didn't know it. You can hear God because he says so, even if you don't think so. Classic dad, right? God, why can I hear you? Because I said so. In, ver- in, in John 10, verses 14 through 15, this is what Jesus says. He says, I'm the good shepherd. I know my own, and my own know me. Just as the Father, just as, just as, do you see those words? Just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father. I'm the good shepherd. I know my sheep, and my sheep know me. Just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father. Jesus himself is telling us in these verses that you can hear his voice just like he knows the Father's voice. Just as. Just as. I have a friend, he said it this way. He said, Jesus didn't die to give you a better relationship with God. He died to give you his relationship with God. Ooh. You can hear God. You can hear him. You can hear him. You can hear him speaking to you because he speaks. He wants to speak to you, and you can hear him. You can hear him. And, and, and how, how, do we, how do we hear him? Well, we've got this, this Bible right here, right? You all got Bibles in your seats, so I know you've got one. Why don't you grab it real quick? Hold it up. Grab a Bible. Hold up, hold up a Bible. If you got it on your phone already, just hold that up. That's great. Okay, we got these books, and, and this is amazing. This is the Word of God, but do you know that Jesus didn't save you so you could read a book? He didn't save you so you could read a book. He saved you so you could hear his voice. And he's gifted us this book to help us hear his voice. I grew up reading my Bible, but now I want to listen to Jesus. And this is, a, this is just a, I mean, this is a phenomenal, amazing, unbelievable way to listen to Jesus. You come to this book, and, and we don't just, just read to like learn stuff. That's great. Like, learning's awesome, and, and that's, that's great. But honestly, if I can be honest with you right now, like, I'm in this season of life with God where I'm like, God, I want to I read the Bible like I've never read it before, but I don't want to learn a thing. Please, God, don't teach me anything. I just want to know you. I want to know you. Jesus is alive. Like, it's crazy. The Bible says that the Holy Spirit wrote this book and, and, and put it in our lives and that it's living and active. So when you're reading this, like we say it at the beginning of our services every week because we really believe it's true. That like when you read these words on this page, it's God speaking to you. And I want to encourage you to hear God when you read your Bible. Don't just come and say, okay, well, I really feel like I should learn some Bible trivia today. Come and ask God, Lord, speak to me. Listen to the Holy Spirit as you read. It'll change your life. Don't just ask him to learn stuff. Ask to know him. Because he really wants to know you and he's gonna answer your prayer in a really big way, more than you're ready for. (laughs) If you come to this and just say, God, I'm listening, watch out. Because 
you're going to hear God. Ask the Holy Spirit to teach you, to teach you to learn to listen, teach you to listen, not just read. I mean, Jesus had this thing he said to his disciples. He said, it's better for you that I go, which can we say anything that sounds more absurd than that? Like Jesus, God in the flesh, turns to his disciples and says, hey, I'm God in the flesh. I'm right here speaking to you, but it's going to be better for you that I leave because I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. Like, how does it get better than that? God in the flesh, like, hello? The only way it could get any better is if he somehow made it to where he would, like, live inside of us or something. (laughs) This is good news. This is really good news. It's even better that, that Jesus goes away so that we don't even have to go to a hillside in Jerusalem to meet with God. He's just in you because he loves you a lot. And he wants to talk to you, and you can hear him. Our first bit of our foundation as a listening church is that we've got to believe God speaks. And the second part of our foundation is we've got to do what God says. We've got to do what God says. I've found that there are a lot of times in my life where the biggest hindrance to me hearing God speak is because I haven't done the last thing he said. <laughs> if I'm honest. Because he... he he, wants, he says stuff so we can do it, so we can be strong. Don't just hear the word of God. Do the word of God. Do what he says, because you're going to hear him say, you're going to hear him say things. Just respond. Just start doing it. And you're going to hear him like you've never believed. Like when God says, don't be anxious, don't be anxious. And you're like, shut up, pastor. Like that's the worst advice in the world. Like I've thought that. You read verses in the Bible, it's like, be thankful in everything. Like, I don't want to. Okay, don't be anxious. How ridiculous is that? But if you keep reading, it says be anxious for nothing, but by all things. It's just telling you how to not be anxious. So don't just hear how to do it. Do how to do it, and you might not be anxious. Like, by all things, with prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, make your request known to God, and then the peace of God that surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Oh, there's a lot more ammo behind that than just, hey, don't be anxious. You're like, don't we see God that way? He's like, dang it, man, like I told you, don't be anxious. I'm so disappointed in you. Instead of God like, no, 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 hey, don't be anxious. Don't, you know, just stop it. It's hurting you. It's like gonna give you a heart attack and you're taking medicine anyways or whatever. It's like, all this stuff's going on. Just in all things, like whatever it is. I don't even care how small you think it is, just all of it. All of it, in all things, with prayer, supplication, just come start thanking me for different things. Just, it's gonna be okay with thanksgiving. And then watch this, the peace of God, you're not even gonna understand it because you can't understand me. Like, my peace is gonna wrap around you and it's gonna, whoops, guard about your water. Guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. It's gonna guard you. I'll give you a free water bottle afterwards. Come on, right? Like, we get to do this thing. We get to do this thing. When God says, hey, you can't serve two masters. Don't try to serve God and money. Like, just stop trying to serve God and money. (laughs) It's like, really helps. Because he's already saying, like, I can't do both. That's why it feels like you can't do both, because you can. So let's just not. Let's just serve God. And we're right in the will of God. Amazing. Like when, when the Bible says that, that every knee will bow at Jesus' name, just like make a practice of bowing your knee to Jesus and, and, and submitting your life. I know that's like another word that people really don't like, submit. Ugh. But what if he's a good king? Because when I hear like Jesus is king, I got to admit, naturally I'm like, dang it, I want to be king. 
But then I realized, oh, shoot, I'm a human, and I have this slight possibility that every once in a while I'm less than, slightly less than 100% right about a few things. I might not be the best king. And then I meet Jesus and see, wow, he's amazing. And that's, I'm glad Jesus is king. Wow, every knee bows at Jesus' name. Okay, I should just do that. I'm gonna bow my life to Jesus, and, and I'm, 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 gonna, I'm gonna agree with that and, and, and realize that I just get set free when Jesus is king, and I don't have to be king anymore. My past doesn't have to be my king anymore. My feelings don't have to be my king anymore. Donald Trump isn't my king, so I don't have to get worked up about what he is or isn't doing, who he is or isn't getting with. Hello, because Jesus is king. I don't have to worry about what Fox says about this and CNN says about that, what my, what my past tells me about this, what my fears tell me about that. It doesn't matter because none of them are king anyways. I get to bow my knee before Jesus because I'm his child and I get to come close and he's speaking and I hear him because I can hear him and I just get to do whatever he says and he's the king and now I don't have to be anxious or serve God and money and I don't have to worry about taking care of everything in life because Jesus is king. Jesus is king. This is my biggest prayer for us as a church and for the city of Indianapolis. A revelation that Jesus is king. Nothing will set us free like submitting our lives under the reality of the kingship of Jesus. Yours is the kingdom. Yours is the power. Yours is the glory forever and ever. Amen. I give up my power. I give up my opinions. I give up my preferences. I give up my fears. I give up all of that stuff, and I just need Jesus. I'm listening, God. I'm listening. I'm listening. Jesus is king. I think we should probably close now. I think we should sing that song, Cornerstone, again. Christ alone, cornerstone of my foundation because we're a church like home and we're gonna be built on the rock just because we listen to Jesus. Can we sing that song again? Em, can we do that song again? Chad, you feel good about it? Come on. All right, I want you to stand up to your feet. We like hearing the word of God and we like doing the word of God around here, right? We say it at the end of every service. We like doing the word of God and having these moments together where we respond. And I believe that God's been speaking to your heart this morning. Since you walked in the door, some of you have been sensing something. Since something happened in worship, since something was said in this sermon, since the Holy Spirit started doing something in your heart, God's doing something in your life right now. And all you need to do is listen and respond. And let God be the king of your life. Let God build you on a strong foundation. And so as we close, as we, as we close this morning, I just want to leave you with one question. Are you listening? Are you listening? Are you listening? Is there anything holding you back from listening this morning? Is there any, is there any sin in your life that's been clouding the voice of God that you just need to turn from and come and listen? Is there anything you need to let go of? Any, any other voices in your life that you're giving too much credit to, too much of your ear to, and you just need to turn to the voice of Jesus. Are you listening this morning? Is there anything holding you back? Is there any unbelief that you, you don't hear God, you can't hear God, that you just need to turn from and say, no, I, I believe the word of God this morning. I do hear God. Lord, speak to me. Maybe you're feeling stuck right now because you might think that God hasn't been speaking to you for a while, but it's not because he's silent. It's just because he's got you doing the last thing that he said. You're on the right track. You're headed in the right direction. Just keep going. 
Just keep going. My encouragement to you this morning, my challenge to you this morning is simple. Take your next step towards Jesus. It's that simple. We're going to have a few people off to the side like we do every week. If you need somebody to pray with you, I know that, that's usually something that's kind of outside of your comfort zone, but if there's something you need to respond to, just go have somebody pray with you. Try it, I dare you. See what God does. You don't have to go over to the side, but I just want to encourage you to take your next step towards Jesus. And if you're here this morning and you've never started following Jesus, you've never heard him, you've never submitted and heard him calling, your, calling you by name and said, okay, fine, I don't understand everything, but I'll follow you. I want you to do that this morning. Now is the best time. Don't miss this moment to respond, to let him start building your life on the foundation of his love. I want to pray for all of us, and I want you to close your eyes and bow your heads, and I want you to put your hand on your heart as we pray for all of us, we pray for each other this morning. Jesus, we love you, and I thank you that you are our cornerstone, that you are building your church. I thank you, Lord, for every life situation we have in here, Lord. I thank you that you're king over all of it. Lord, I pray that if there's anybody here this morning that's never decided to follow you, I pray that you just give them the courage to say yes to you right now. And for every one of us, Lord, here this morning, wherever we're at, I pray that you'd give us the courage by the power of the Holy Spirit to take our next step, to declare that Jesus is Lord, to confess you as King, and let you build our lives on the rock. So Lord, have your way. Have your way in our life. Have your way in this church, in your church in this city, in your church in this nation, in your church on this earth, Lord. Raise up your church to be a listening church. Let your word go forth and save people and change the nations and heal the sick, Lord. We love you and we sing to you this morning. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. Amen. Let's worship together as we close this morning.